Welcome to the Memberships Mastermind Podcast, the podcast that helps you create a profitable membership that serves you and your family. Hi, we're Paul and Melissa Pruitt, and we help online entrepreneurs build, launch, and grow their memberships. Each month, we host two live Memberships Mastermind Zoom calls, where we coach and collaborate with other membership site owners all over the world. On each podcast episode, we bring you one question that the Mastermind worked through. You'll get ideas and strategies that you can start implementing right away. So if you're ready to fill in the gaps in your business, decrease overwhelm, and finally get all the answers on your membership that you've been looking for, let's dive in. Welcome Welcome to to the the Memberships Memberships Mastermind Mastermind Podcast. So Pam is the first question, so we'll hop over to you. Yeah, I hope this is not too general, but since we're all talking about memberships, this is my question as I'll pose it, and I can narrow it down if you suggest that I do so. But what I'd like love to know is, you know, people who have memberships, what are some of the things that have really, really gotten super engagement from your members? Excellent. So super engagement, are we looking at like a community-based element? Yes. Yeah, I have a Slack community, but I also host six events each month. And I have, you know, probably a third or a quarter of the people are engaged And I'm also actually attending the events and or posting in Slack. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's normal. I mean, that's another thing I'd be interested in knowing, you know, is what, you know, what are the numbers? Do I just need to have a bigger membership in order to feel like I have engagement? Because right now I just have 18 people. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So there's four or five who participate really regularly and others who don't. And I'll just say that what I have begun to do is to reach out individually to them by phone, by Facebook Messenger, by text. And that has helped some. Yeah, that has helped. Excellent. I love that. So I see Carrie has, I think it's a hand clap. (laughs) (laughs) So open this up to the group. Anyone have any feedback on engagement, things that you do in your communities, or maybe things that you've seen happen to get better and more engagement. And I want to go back to Carrie real quick, and then I'll go to Sharon, because I I know you had your little hand clap. So I'm going to say, if you're getting like 25% engagement, that's actually phenomenal. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. I wonder maybe my standards are too high. Yeah. I mean, even take a look at some of like the really big memberships, or even you could even look at what we're doing in Adaptive. Look at how many people post on a regular basis. Yeah. And you know, it realistically is probably five to 10%. Doesn't mean other people aren't reading and doing that, but it's just not huge. So, you know, I think sometimes we beat ourselves up because everyone says, oh, you should have like this huge engagement number. But the reality is, and, and I used to beat myself up, but, and I'd go, oh, it's because my group's an older group. They don't post. I actually think they probably are fairly typical now that I've looked at it. So I would say, you know, don't don't sweat it because there probably are a lot more people reading the stuff. They just, a lot of times people like to stay invisible until they feel more comfortable. Yeah. Right? And that just, and that takes time. So. Right. Love it. Love it. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Carrie. Let's go over to Sharon. 
So I also have a small group. I have 26 people in my group. First of all, I have about eight out of the 26 who don't appear to participate, but everybody else did. But a huge thing that made a lot of difference was I stopped being the first commenter in posts. And I made a, I made a post to say, you know, I'm here, but, you know, this is about community. So it's not, you know, it's not the Sharon show. So you know, please respond to everybody else's question. And I didn't respond first. So I deliberately held back and waited until a couple of other people responded before I put my response in. The other thing that's really helpful is to ask multiple choice questions. That gets a lot of engagement because it's easy for people to engage that way. And I also send the occasional, I'm about to send an email out to my membership just to remind them that, you know, that their membership's ending in January, you know, let's, you know, this is your last couple of months, get in there and get going. So hope that helps. No, that's very helpful. It's very helpful because I always am the first commenter because I want people to, the the people who posted to feel heard, but that's a a really good take on it. Yeah. And the follow up on that, because Sharon's right on point is when you are the influencer of the program, a lot of people, number one, out of respect, they don't want to come and counteract any opinion that you might have posted. Mm -hmm. But also it's like everybody's paying you for your insight. But what it does, it then disempowers the rest of the community to be a community. You could have almost like just go behind those posts and lock the comments because a lot of people won't go behind because it's like they they almost think, feel and think like, oh, well, I have no more to c- contribute. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll just like kind of lay back and maybe there'll be a different post. Now, it takes a little bit of time because initially everybody's groomed and used to you commenting first and quickly. So you're going to have to give your it's going to it's going to take a little time. You might want to hesitate. Like initially, we have to wean ourselves off of it, maybe <laughs> like an, an hour to two hours, like allow other people to be able to jump in. Then later you might wait like a half a day. Most of the things that you're helping with is probably not a 911 emergency. No, it's not. Yeah. So <laughs> it does give people enough time to reply. Jocelyn, you had your hand up for a second. I wasn't sure if you if you had something that you wanted to contribute. So I have a fairly large, no, when I say fairly large, this just means to my little world, free Facebook group. And then I have my members group. Right. And now I'm up to 4,000 members in my free group and nobody ever posts. And I dream about, oh, all these people posting. So with, this is what I did. Not only did I take your tip of don't post because I'll scare everyone away that I heard on the last podcast, but what I also did was I had one of my members post uh-huh. and I just asked a question and she got, she texted me today and she's like, I have 40 people who commented in this place where nobody was even ever saying anything. We've got to kind of like reset the stage for like what's appropriate in this party, you know? So I hope that helps. It does. And I have had, you know, I do have a couple people who, who, who comment regularly, maybe two, and I always Facebook message them and thank them. That's in my group, in my I have a Facebook group that's not paid. And then I have my membership where we use Slack instead of Facebook. But yeah. So real quick, Sharon, did I forget to take your hand down or did you have another thing? Okay. I I did. I just wanted to say too, she's producing a lot of content. So I, I, the other thing I would just say is like, is your group membership about community 
or is it about content? And, and it sounds like you're going heavy down the content road. I thought that's what I would do in my membership. But when I asked my group, what was it that they loved most? Every single one said community. Mm. So it's not about the content. It's about the community. So you're, you're thinking that, that because I said I have four experiences a month, that that would be content based. Is that what you're thinking? I'll let the experts speak to that. So what, what I would say is that we all have to be careful because a lot of us think more is better. Mm-hmm. Right. And more is better because this is our main thing. This is what we're doing. This is what we're promoting. So like if we owned a gym, we would show up every day and we'd be available and we would be available to do personal coaching and everything else because we're at the gym all day because we own it. But then it's like the average person though, like they're not thinking, they don't wake up and think every single like Monday through Friday, nine to five, like they might go into the gym and spend their half hour or their hour and then they leave and they do other things in their life. And the challenge is sometimes is when we over deliver, we actually overwhelm. So you just want to be careful because it's like if you're doing four to six events, like people actually have to schedule that out of their life, out of their day and like attend. Like if you're looking for people to attend the live elements of it. So that might be why you have a select group of people that do have the time and space to do that. And they're in a rhythm and they do like it because it's it's like. I didn't think I had all this extra time to watch Melissa watch Bachelor and Bachelorette all the time. You know, it's like, but somehow she carves out that time, no matter how busy we are, there's an hour or two hours that she can watch this, this, this craziness. But it's like some people get into a rhythm, you know, so it's, it's like they, they will shift things around and they'll get into that rhythm. But we have to be careful because if you think coming back to the analogy of the, you know, we use Planet Fitness as a great example that you know, the average Planet Fitness has about somewhere between six and 8,000 members in a Planet Fitness, but they can't even fit 800 people in there at any one point in time. So they basically bank on a lot of people being card-carrying members and yeah. not utilizing it every single waking moment of every day because they wouldn't be able to service everybody. It just wouldn't be humanly impossible. So, and I, I'm just going to very openly, I was on a call earlier today where everybody on that call, over 100 30 people spent $25,000 this year to get access to this Zoom call, which is twice a month, 33 people on the call, mm-hmm. 33 people. Like seriously, like you just spent $25,000 <laughs> and you're not even making the time to come on the call. You know what I mean? So I just, you think it's going to be price point that'll be different? Just for all of us, we had to keep in mind also is that not, even though we had the same sales page, we had the same messaging, there's something specific on that sales page that one member wanted that the other members could care less about. It could have been a checklist, could have been a recipe, it could have been a system. It could have been the live call, could have been the community. We we try to homogenize a lot of people, put them all in the same group and, and assume that they're all there for the same reason. And a lot of the people there, you know, again, they just want to, just want to be a card carrying member. And, yeah, um, I, I really, I think, and there, you know, there were some, thank you for all the comments too. I am going to save that. I've been thinking that I need to do a a survey about, you know, what are the pieces that you're enjoying and are there pieces that you feel like are missing and how ha- satisfied are you with the membership, I guess, would be just on scale of one to 10. So that that seems like, and I did in my last group course before I had a membership, halfway through, I did that halfway through I did a survey like just a google form and you know asked people what they were enjoying and I shifted things a little bit so 
I think that maybe that's my next action step, but I so appreciate all of the comments and yeah. And if you ever think of anything after the call, you can find me on Facebook. <laughs> Excellent. And I will add with the survey uh, before we just uh, switch to the next question, another great question. Again, if, if this is all anonymous one-on-one, like don't post in the group, but another great question is like, if something were to disappear from the membership, like, and you wouldn't miss it, what would that be? Cause then you can mm. figure out what the things that they're really not utilizing. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question because what would you not miss? What would you not miss? Yeah, exactly. Because there's one event that I'm actually thinking of either transforming or just eliminating because they're just after the first one, there hasn't been that many participation, much participation. It's a Q and A. So excellent. Thank you. We did that years ago and we were so misaligned with our memberships. This is many years ago. We spent a lot of money and a lot of energy to bring some really cool whiz bang things into a membership many years ago. And we wasted all that money and all that time and all that energy because it was not why the members were there. And that allowed us to let things go because we were afraid to let things we go. Oh, everybody's going to think it's certain. It's like they didn't even care. They, they weren't there for it. <laughs> it was like, wow, we spent like $50,000 on, on something inside of a year. And nobody used it. <laughs> there was like three people that used it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, so surveys are great for all of us. Surveys are always great. Thank you. Right. Very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. If you enjoyed this podcast, then join us on our free live Zoom calls twice a month. You'll get to ask your membership questions and hang out with awesome membership owner peeps. Just sign up to be notified at membershipsmastermind.com.